0: You're listening to The Doctor's Companion, brought to you by InStockTrades.com and DCBService.com. Welcome to a little late edition of The Doctor's Companion. I'm Scott Corelli.
1: And I'm Matt Smith, but not that Matt Smith.
0: And we're from mindrobber.net, the home site of MindRobber Productions, where we talk about all the things on podcasts that are usually on time. Specifically this one, The Doctor's comparing, where we talk about Doctor Who. The Mind Robbers Verse is where we pick a show we love and talk about episode by episode, currently covering Justice League, uh, but not for much longer. Uh, and then we'll be doing Justice League Unlimited and then Veronica Mars around the first of the year. Very exciting. And then there's our flagship podcast, The Mind Robbers, where we talk about everything else. If you like our shows, please review them on iTunes. If you have questions, comments, concerns, uh, you can email those to us, podcast at mindrobber.net. Uh, and if you want to start a discussion, go to the website and leave a comment on the post of this episode, and most importantly, uh tell people you know that they should be listening. Uh if they aren't already. Uh hi Matt, how are um, you? Hello, I'm good. Uh how are you? <laughs> I'm good. Today we're talking about uh survival, which is the last classic who story ever. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. Seventh Doctor. Yeah. Cat people? Cat people? The master? Ace? Cat people? The master? Ace? Yeah. Uh, What's, what's, (laughs) other than the elephant that's in the room, what's the background and significance?
1: Well, it's the last story to feature Anthony Ainley as the master. Um... Oh, there you go. Hey! (laughs) (laughs) It's the last story to feature the seventh doctor It's the last story to feature ace um survival it, it, like you said it's the last doctor Who story it is really significant only really for that um it comes at the tail end of the twenty sixth season of the show uh and it you know uh i don't know it's just it's just here um it's written by <laughs> Rona Monroe who was a trained a writer who came up through the BBC writer's training course, who met script editor Andrew Cartmel, and he was just like, hey, man, uh, I really like you. Do you want to do, do a Doctor Who story? She was like, okay. So she pitched this story with Cheetah People, and uh, Cartmel and, and Nathan Turner were just like, okay, this is cool, but can you put the master in it? And she was like, sure. Uh, so they she put the master in it, it went through a bunch of rewrites, and they produced it. And then uh, when it became very clear... <laughs> That <laughs> doctor who was gonna get canceled, uh, John Nathan Turner was just like, "Oh, this is not the last story. We have to do something." Uh, uh, Cartmel, write me a write me a voiceover for the end. So then they wrote a voiceover, and it was the thing that uh, ended the show with this uh, monologue uh, from Sylvester McCoy as Ace and the doctor walk off into the sunset. Um, it's directed by Alan Waring, uh, who previously had directed, um, uh, greatest show in the galaxy. And he, from this season, he also directed ghost light, um, where this story, what, what they did to break up recording blocks in this, uh, for the seventh doctor is they would put three up. Ep- they would do like a four episode block of four episode block. So like two stories, and then they would have six episodes and they would split those into two stories. So There'd be three episodes and three episodes. And, one of those episodes would take place entirely in a studio and the other one would take place entirely on set or on location. Um, so they would do all the location shooting and that would be one story. And then they would shoot all of the uh, interiors and it would be a different thing. So that's what this story is. This story is one of those two Ghostlight being the one that took place entirely on set. So this is the story that takes place entirely on location. Um, and I mean, other than that, there's nothing else to it. It's just the last story. Um, so Yeah. All right.
0: Well, uh, before we talk about it, I want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by DCBService.com. dot com. DCBS is the site that lets you pre order all your monthly comic book statues, action figures, anything you can get from a local comic book shop. You place your orders three months in advance with monthly discount specials up to seventy five percent off, and regular discounts of forty percent off. Ship as often as you like with orders as large or small as you like. You only pay six ninety five in flat rate shipping. So, thanks to DCBService.com. dot com. Uh okay so survival um so i uh, here here's here's how i feel like here here's the thing with this story um cuz i i i i don't i don't think it's bad i think it's actually quite good um but what i think struck me more than anything Is that watching this story? I feel like you could literally watch this story and then jump to Rose with like almost without missing a beat. Hmm. Um, It's so similar in its, um, uh, I guess like style isn't the right word, but it's just it's it feels like like Rose really just feels like. A couple notches above this mm-hmm. um like i feel like w- w- the show had come a long way at this point because um, there's a lot of character stuff here uh and there's there's a lot of just england um which you don't really <laughs> see in doctor who as weird as that is like you don't really see a lot of just england like you you y- things like take place on like military bases that are in England, but you rarely are like just in a village, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and here this, you're mostly in a village. I mean, you go, you go through the, you go through the, the, the cat flap portal, um, -hmm. to the, to the cat world (laughs) as well. But for the, like for about half of the story, you're just like in this little English village. Um, and it reminds me a lot of, uh, of Rose like there's a Street in this that just reminds me of the Street where Rose and Mickey were when they're about to go talk To that guy about the doctor and then Mickey gets Eaten by the trash can yes Um yeah there, It just reminds me of that and then you know Jackie Tyler shows up at the end Um <laughs> which was <laughs> Interesting Because <laughs> that's uh that's totally Jackie Tyler I don't know what I look I don't I'm sticking with that. That's my head <laughs> cannon. That is totally Jackie Tyler. Uh because wow. Um mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. Uh but it, it's just uh it's I don't know. I think the story is a lot of fun. I think the master being involved is kind of ridiculous, mm-hmm. but I do like the last 10 minutes or so that it gave us. Yes. Um uh, but the rest of it, the time, you're just like, okay, man, like, what are you, what are you doing? Why are you involved with these cheetah people? <laughs> um, but I like the cheetah people. I like that idea. I, 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 I don't know. I wasn't crazy about the house cat thing. I thought that was a little strange. Yes. Um, there's just there's a lot of things in here that almost work. Yes. Um. I and I think that's like. <laughs> That's what you could kind of say about survival as a as a whole thing as like just as a
1: story It's like it almost works, yeah um just not quite <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. I think that the thing about it is like it reminds the the Carmel era is weird just because uh, when I think about the Carmel era, I always come at it from the perspective of like the plot mechanics are always very obfuscated. Um, The Nathan Turner era has a problem with storytelling. Like, the storytelling is not always necessarily clear why someone's going to one place or another. And the only way that that's, you know, the way that I can make that blanket judgment is that you look at all of the stories that nathan turner oversaw and you look at everything that came before him and everything that came before him is mostly clear uh, assuming that you have a, a halfway decent writer um baker and martin like for all their faults like at least their stories are mostly clear um mm-hmm. but i feel like the the nathan turner era is constantly just bereaved by stories that don't necessarily make sense where you're just like i don't know why this character is going to this place or this place um and it's either that both Andrew Cartmell and Eric Sayward are bad writers, or um, you just have a really bad producer who's overseeing these things and not trying to make sure that everything makes sense. And I think that that's Nathan Turner, uh, just because he's not a good storyteller, and he was not a writer, That's and that's not his fault. It's just, guy's not a writer, and he knows he's not a writer. Um, looking at Survival, then, what I find is that the first time I saw this, I found this mostly unintelligible, where I was watching it, and I was like, I think I enjoyed that. But it was really, it's just kind of weird and it just kind of moves in a lot of weird ways um and it's very strange and when i look at the this cart these cartmel seasons the three seasons i always look at them more from the sense of tone and overarching like how i feel over the course of like uh, the poetic of it Um, more than anything. And I find that the more I watch them, the more I like them. And uh, every time that I've watched Survival since my first time, I like it more. And liking it this time, I'm just like, I can't even say that this is the best story of uh, this season, let alone of this era. But I just have such a good time with it. Like, I find it terribly thrilling and exciting, a great sort of adventure. There's a lot of really interesting things that are happening and going on. And I just, I find myself enraptured by it for whatever reason. Um and it's interesting. Like, it's just a really interesting story. It's very weird in places. Like, where you're just like, I don't understand why these cat people are here. I don't understand why this, why that. But I feel like this era in particular really benefits from, like, the more you watch it, I feel like the more you get out of it. Um, mm-hmm. And I really ended up, like, just really liking it this time. And, like, looking at it where it's like, I don't think that this is a good place to end the show. I mean, the show was canceled, and they didn't really have any time to do, like, a grand finale. But I look at it, and I'm just like, no, this is kind of a good place to kind of leave the McCoy era, where the, this location, this setting is this this council estate that is very reminiscent of the council estate that Rose is in, in Rose. Um and like this is Paravale, like this is the location of ace's home like this is where she was stripped away from as we know in dragonfire um and she kind of just returns here and this whole season is really about just pushing ace more and more with the exception of battlefield um you know uh, uh ghostlight is about Paravale way in the past, um, like about a hundred years before Ace and um, uh, uh, what's the story? Um, Curse of Fenric is about Ace dealing with her mother um, and other things and her burgeoning sexuality. And this is more about like Ace returning home and like what she finds when she's coming home. And I find that Rona Monroe, like I just look at her and she's just telling this interesting story about home and like what it means to be home and like how you kind of want to go out on an adventure and going out on an adventure can turn you into a different person. And like, when you look at it in just like the overarching sweep of like, just the basics of what they're trying to do. Like, I'm, I just am really impressed by it. Um, if that makes sense, like mm-hmm. it just, everything just kind of works. Um, and, and your note of, you can make the clean jump from this to Rose without too much hesitation is not wrong at all. Um, and telling too, cause I think like, Davies did submit to the Cartmel era, and Cartmel rejected his script. Um, And the specific suggestion that he said is um, uh, write a story about a man who is worried about his mortgage, his marriage, and his dog, Um, (laughs) which then Davies goes and does. and I think that, like, that's the sort of thing that I see here, where it's like, these are just normal people done. just <laughs> trying to go through their normal day, and yes, there's this big, massive planet exploding and fighting and, and fighting, just destroying a planet, but at the end of the day, it is, like, about this guy who does feel, like, you know, victimized, and he wants to go out and become a different person, he becomes a different person to his detriment. Um, I'm kind of impressed by that, if that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. The more, watched, the more I watched more I watched Carmelaire, man. The more I'm just like this is just a really special era of Doctor Who. Like really mm-hmm. special. There's nothing quite like it and it is very modern and very just all sorts of things. Um it it's really, really unfortunate that it was so short. Definitely. Um absolutely. And know. unfortunate that it had the master. <laughs> like yeah. Uh, I do like the last 10 minutes though. Absolutely. The thing where where seeing McCoy and the master fight is really great. If there's a I don't know. I think my problem is just like, I grow weary of the Anthony Ainley master. Like it was cute when it started, but at this point it just feels tired. Like just so tired. And like, I don't think they're doing anything special with him. Like, Really, yeah. terribly special, and he's just—it
0: was really more that Anthony Anley just didn't <sighs> want to let go of the role, right?
1: Like he just loved it so much. Ah, see, I thought it was—I um, th- I think that that's probably it. I know that he, like, he's clearly having a good time with it because he just gets to be a hammy ham. Um, but looking at it, like, I also think it's a Nathan Turner thing because um, Nathan Turner's the guy who brought him in um, with Cur- uh, Keeper of Trocken and then kept him- kept bringing him back and bringing him back and bringing him back, and really liked him. Um, so I think it's a byproduct of those two things. <clears throat> Sorry. Um but uh I mean it, it is but it's like I don't know. I look at him and I'm just like, oh, the master again, huh?" All right. We're still yeah. doing this? Okay.
0: You know, it well, but I I
1: don't know. I
0: I really liked him and uh, McCoy together. Um Yes. I just I felt like they made sense in yes. a way that him and Davison never did. Mm-hmm. Um I I've never I could i i i I've never been able to make sense out of their relationship mm-hmm. but um but him and McCoy that i don't know it works i think well, um
1: yeah, I mean there's a sense of like simpatico with them where McCoy is playing this borderline sinister doctor, this doctor who's just like you don't really know where he stands on these things, and he might even be evil, you don't know um and watching him up against the master, who is clearly evil. Like, they have a really good chemistry with that respect, where you can kind of feel the connection between them. Whereas mm-hmm. Davison and the master always have this very, like, we are two different people. We could not be more different. And, like, I don't mind that. Like, where Davison is wearing all white and and, and the master's wearing all black It's clearly, a, 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 a like, a similarity there. Um... But I told Symbolism. but I know what you mean, and I do agree that there is a there is a sense of them working really well together here um mm-hmm. and I really like i them.
0: i just i sense uh an underlying friendship in those last ten minutes definitely um that i that I think is uh that I think is something that we haven't seen since the Pertwee era mm-hmm. and, and Delgado mm-hmm. um so I don't know I think yeah. it, it works it's also interesting because. If you take the, the uh, TV movie out of the equation, like, you can – like looking at Anthony Anley in this, like, I can see him uh, turning into Professor Yana, mm-hmm. um, like, growing older and eventually becoming Professor Yana. Like, it makes sense to me. Of course, then you, you throw in Eric Roberts and, and it all gets messy. But <laughs> – but before you, before <laughs> <laughs> Eric Roberts, notwithstanding, like you, can, I, I can, I can comprehend uh, Anthony Anley turning into Professor Yana, mm-hmm. um, which I think is really interesting.
1: Yeah. Uh, so there is a there is a sense where it's like this guy is ready. This guy is almost ready to be an old man, um, mm-hmm. which which I think is really interesting because we're so used to. You know, regeneration's taking you younger and younger, but this guy—this guy does seem like he's ready to be world weary, um, or world weary in a bitter grandfather <laughs> sort of way. Um, and I do—that is true. I hadn't thought of it that way, but that is—that is true. Uh, let's just—I mean, the best part is. Like I was about to say, well, we can reconcile the Eric Roberts master, and I was like, no, nah, I can't even do that. That's beyond me. Like
0: <laughs> it's not possible. That's beyond me. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> they cloned uh the master out of his remains when they when they brought him back uh for the time war before he ran away, um, and then we can just forget the er- the Eric Roberts master entirely,
1: because um, he's just. Ugh. That was a weird shapeshifter snake that had what that had the memories of the master and just pretend to be yeah, like the master. Yeah, like swamp thing. Yeah, like swamp thing. America's greatest superhero.
0: Their oh, favorite superhero. <laughs> there it is. That's it. That's <laughs> That's the explanation. Boom. Done.
1: Shazam. Shazam. Done.
0: Um, uh <coughs> also on top of everything else and I mean really it can't go without saying um Cheetah people riding horses. Look. (laughs) There's few things cooler than that. Oh yeah. Unfortunately, unfortunately, this 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 story does squander that like amazingness. Like when that first cheetah person shows up on the horse, I'm just like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Like, oh I I was like, I was like, oh, I'm ready for this to be my favorite story ever. (laughs) <laughs> um, but then, unfortunately, they don't really do anything cool with it, which yeah, is it's re- also, re- oh, I, really also I, really the the whole survival of the fittest thing. Man, whew, I, I I can go the rest of my life after this story without ever hearing that phrase again.
1: Yeah, they're really just hitting you over the head with this one, aren't they? Like, <laughs>
0: oh oh man. <laughs> Also, the irony of this being being <laughs> about the survival of the fittest and being called survival, and this is the episode they get canceled with.
1: Yeah, it's like We're, watching Sports Night. Um, all over uh, again, all over oh again. man, you're not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, um, but yeah, I totally agree with the Cheetah people, just because like they don't really, they really don't do anything. Um, but that first shot of them like looks really cool. <laughs> like it's just like, oh, man. oh, I'm in for that. And then. Uh, other things that are cool include uh, Sylvester McCoy just being like, nope, F this, I'm going to go uh, ride a motorcycle. And just <laughs> riding a motorcycle in like a jousting tournament. Like, <laughs> that's oh it. exploding. God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, so much fun! And like that's what I like about this is that just just this just it likes to go to a really fun place despite like being this really like heavy story about violence. <laughs> um, it, it it is a lot of fun. Like it's a lot of fun, and it has a lot of really fun pieces that I really just enjoy uh, playing around with and and looking at. And just like yeah, it's a good time. It's a good time. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And Ace is so right.
1: good. Ace is so good. Oh, <sighs> she's wonderful. <laughs> she's-
0: Oh, she's wonderful. Um, mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, before we move on to uh, Prisoners of Time Volume 2, this is a reminder that today's episode is brought to you by InStockTrades.com where you can purchase any paperback, <sighs> hardcover omnibus, absolute edition at 35 to 45% off. New release specials are 50% off every week. And remember, all orders over $50, get free shipping. Where, uh, and if you go to instarctrade.com right now, they're, they're celebrating the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who, and all IDW Doctor Who uh, trades and hardcovers are 45% off, um, which is uh, 15% more than they normally are. Um, so uh, get over there and, and, and check that out and pick up Prisoners of Time. Um, which is at 45% off right now um, over at uh, uh, Um And uh, <laughs> Prisoners of Time, if you guys remember a while back, we talked about Prisoners of Time Volume 1. This is the year-long uh, IDW uh, Doctor Who series that is celebrating the 50th anniversary by doing an adventure every month with one of the Doctors that are telling one overarching story uh, about someone kidnapping the doctor's companions um to teach him some sort of lesson mm-hmm. and the first volume covered uh doc- the the first second third and fourth doctor and volume 2 covers uh the fifth sixth seventh and eighth the big finished um, doctors <laughs> yeah basically yeah the big <laughs> finished doctors um so i re- i read this in issues and i love it every month i i i just think it's it's just really. Um, I just think it's really impressive. Uh, I think that the vo- the voices that um, that uh, the 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 is it the Tiptons? Is that their name? Yes. Yeah. That they give um, to the doctors, uh, like they they just they have it. They have it hammered. I mean, big time. Um, it's really, really like every voice is just like right on perfect. Um, Mm -hmm. which I'm, I'm really, really impressed with. And I, uh, I just, I have so much fun with these. Um, I think the art for the eighth doctor is an odd choice. Um, yes, it was, it was, it's very, uh, very cartoony, um, distractingly. So, but, uh, it's, it's just, it's still just a really, really fun time. And he, he, he just, David and Scott Tipton, they just get it, man. They just yeah. get this. Um, and it's, I just think it's a, it's a really fun time. Uh, what, what do you think?
1: Yeah, no, I definitely, it's the sort of thing where it's like, I, I've been sitting on this volume for a couple of weeks. Um, and so, you know, I was like, oh, we should probably talk about this, um, because we're not going to have time coming up. Um. Mm-hmm. until the 50th really and uh i was just like oh, I'll, I'll just pick it up and start reading it and i just started reading it and i just really couldn't put it down like i mean like you said like it's a great every story every every issue more or less stands alone um and then you know they'll throw in a little bit where it's like here's your overarching plot and and, over, and the best part about the overarching plot is it is not invasive like it's not it's not like encroaching upon things where it's like you have to read every issue like you can just kind of dip in but it's Like, structuring a 12-part story that has, like, a little bit of progression every month is really difficult to do. And what the Tiptons do is that they really focus on just the single story and then dedicate, like, a few more pages every month, like, a page or two more every month to uh, this mystery of who is, um, you know, uh, kidnapping the Doctor's companions. And it's it's really, really well done. I mean, there is there is some sort of thing where it's like, I'm getting to a point where I'm watching this and I'm just like, I'm reading I read these and sometimes I'm like a little I get a little too into the place of like, oh what fan service thing are we going to do now? So like the fifth Doctor one in here is uh, the Doctor <laughs> Tegan, Adric, and Nissa arrive land on a planet that is that is uh, like a, a battleground for Centaurans and Rutans, and um uh, like I was just like, oh, so you're just gonna do some and Rutans, and that's fine. Like I don't, I don't mind them just doing more things with Rutans for because they're just weird looking. Um, and then, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like I look at it and it, it does, it almost distracts me just in the sense of like, oh, what are, what are you going to be including this time? And the sixth Doctor has Autons appear, and the seventh Doctor has the Master, and the eighth Doctor has, I don't remember what. I don't think it's anything, um, which I really like.
0: No, the eighth Doctor wasn't the eighth Doctor the Master. No, seventh Doctor was the Master. Oh, oh, right, that was. Was the eighth doctor? The The eighth eighth doctor Doctor was was those random aliens, right? Yeah, that were like
1: sacrificing people. Yeah, the HG Wells aliens, Uh, like or not HG Wells, like it just feels very like Victorian. Like they just feel like a very weird Victorian War of the World style thing, which I really liked for um, McGann. Kind of got a Crotons thing going on, don't they? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I definitely felt that. Um, Like I was so ready for it to be Crotons. Like I was so ready for it to happen, (laughs) and then it didn't. Yeah. Um, But looking at it, like it is this sort of thing where it's. I mean it's really, really, really thrilling and they pick a they always pick like good companions. Like I love that the Sixth Doctor has uh Perry and Frobisher. Like they're just like, let's just do Frobisher and then I was and I was like, Oh, that's really cute and then at the end they're just like, Oh, by the way, this is why it needed to be Frobisher and I was like, Oh Yeah. Wow. Like
0: Yeah. Wow. The Sixth Doctor one was really impressive.
1: Totally. Um I
0: think it might be my favorite one of all of them so far. Yeah. I think my favourites have been this the, the um the second Doctor and the sixth Doctor, I think those have been my two favorites.
1: Yeah, I remember um, liking the third one a lot. Um, but the second, yeah, one the was third really one good. was
0: good, but it was a little fan servicey. Whereas like the second, the second Doctor one had just like the second Doctor hanging out in a food court, an intergalactic food court, <laughs> which is just awesome. That's with, what like you want. the
1: tray and soft drink and everything. Yeah, that's what you want. That is what you yeah. want. um uh. But like. I, uh-huh. I really, I found myself really liking the eighth one in this, too. Um, oh, it was awesome, yeah. yeah. Like, just, uh, for one thing, I love just any time we could make fun of Dr. Grace Holloway. Um, <laughs> where he, he just, like, he, the doctor shows up to her like a month and a half later. He's like, hey, Grace, you want to come back? And she's just like, it's been six weeks. He's like, and like do you want to do do this and then she like she does it and then they do this really beautiful page where he's just like i'll just take you around the world and it's just like four shots of of the doctor and grace having just like one one panel adventures and i was just like oh that's really that's the best use of dr grace i've ever seen and at the end of course she's just like i don't really want to do this anymore and you're just like yeah you would be a terrible companion wouldn't you um but like it was that, and then I really liked. I don't know. I I liked the art for some reason. I thought that it was a little shaky in places. And some of these art, some of the art is really shaky. The Sixth Doctor in particular was, woof, woof. um, but um. Oh, see, I really liked the Sixth Doctor art. Hmm. He's like I. I don't know. There was I just looked at some of the panels and I was just like <laughs> I, I. I.
0: I really liked it for a couple of reasons, but like one of the main ones is that he was the Sixth Doctor artist, like in oh. the comic strips and stuff.
1: Oh, that is nice. Yeah.
0: So he, so he came back to do this. Like mm. he's the artist that created Frobisher and stuff.
1: Okay. Um, I can, I can get behind that then you get a, you get a pass Dr. Who comic. Yeah. Um, it has like, it just has
0: this, it just has this overwhelmingly 80s British vibe to it. Yes. Um, like it feels like it's written by Alan Moore, you Yes. Know? yes. <laughs> it just feels like an Alan Moore comic. Yeah. Um, and there's something, there's something charming about that. I think definitely, um, Definitely. And I, I, like, there's nothing against. I don't have anything against Roger Roger Langridge, um, mm-hmm. the artist of the of the Eighth Doctor one. Mm-hmm. But I guess my my thing is like, it just it sticks out. Um, yeah. When you look at everything that everything that they've done before that, like you get to the Eighth Doctor one. Like I remember I opened that issue and I was just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, because you know you have that they have that sexy Francesco Francavia, uh cover. And then you just you open it and you're just like, What what why what, what? Why why does this look like Doctor Who the animated series? Yeah. Um See, so it's just, it's just, it's just a
1: massive change agreed. in tone. I totally yeah. agreed. And I like my one complaint with it then is like, cause I, I don't, I don't disagree. Like the tone change is very, very jarring. What I liked about it though, or what I wish that they'd done with the series is I wish that, and I know that, I know why, if they're doing the six doctor original artists, like I know why they're doing this, but like, I wish that they'd kind of changed the styles a little bit more like throughout the series. Like if it's going to be just a mishmash, just come up with like the best artist you can get who has like a different style and just like do it like an anthology series um yes like i would be totally down for that um and it would be i mean it'd be really cool to see but i i, I like the, i don't know i like the change but i know what you mean about it being just like what like it, it it is very jarring um it is very very jarring but it's the sort of thing where i don't know like i guess i figured out who the bad guy is which is genius um and uh <laughs> it was like i was like ah that was a good play <laughs> It was a really good yeah. play. Um yeah. but uh I I really can't wait for the third volume of this. Like I can't wait. As soon as I get as soon as it comes out, I'm going to read it and I can't wait. I just really really awesome. really can't wait because this is this was this is a lot of fun. Like this is the sort of thing where it's like if you want to try Doctor Who comics, like you'll probably like this. I mean, and, and yeah. if you're a big fan of like the whole show, like all of it, like you're going to find a lot of good stuff in there. Zarbi in issue 1, oh, yeah. man. Woo. Woo. That's my that's my thing. That's my that's my jam. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no. The next volume comes out in January, so we'll be talking about it then.
1: Awesome, can't
0: wait. Yeah, yeah, me either. Um, and uh, yeah, you can get it from InStockTrades.com, forty five percent off. Like I said, cover price is seventeen ninety nine, uh, which I'll admit, overpriced for one hundred pages. <laughs> um, but uh, that's IDW. Uh, but the InStockTrades price at forty five percent off, it makes it only nine eighty nine. Which, look, this is worth ten bucks. It's Absolutely totally worth ten bucks. Yeah. Um so pick up uh, pick up the two trades. Um third trade comes out in January, and then there's also like this oversized hardcover edition that they're putting together of the whole series. Um, and it's IDW um, coming so it be beautiful. That. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um so yeah, so that's uh that's that's the doctor's companion for this week. Um, but uh, that's not all because we're gonna, we're gonna announce our uh our our uh, what was originally a 10-to-1 list and is now an 11-to-1 list. Because um, we need
1: more work to do. Yeah. Well, look. No, I'm, I'm in for it. I'm in for it. It's that I'm in for it. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, so,
0: since you are our uh, schedule master, I'll let, you, uh, I'll let you take that away. Okay. Um what 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 do we have in store for the nice folks at home? Okay. Uh, so for like, the next uh counting down to the to the day of the doctor.
1: Yeah. So well like Scott said, it's our countdown from eleven to one. Um so we're starting with the eleventh doctor and we're gonna end on the first doctor. Uh the first doctor, which I don't think this is a secret, will be an unearthly child, because Scott's never seen it, and why not go to the very beginning? And if all goes well, that episode should be released on November twenty third um which will be the 50th anniversary and that will be and so we'll be totally done by then so we will be releasing more than one episode per week we're looking at two to three episodes per week um, at least assuming we don't fall behind so um, and pa- so so in constructing this let's just let's just go through thought process um we wanted to touch on big major touchstones in the Doctor Who universe so we wanted to get a regeneration story um, we wanted to get a, 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 a you know a, a post-regeneration story um, and, and uh, if Dalek story, if we can do it. Um, and then because we didn't want to burn off, um, like the fifth doctor, which would be, um, terminus, which God, God knows we don't want to do terminus in a celebration story, um, uh, rundown. Um, <laughs> we had the idea and not burn instead of burning, uh, you know, a lackluster sixth Doctor story and a seventh Doctor story that I don't want to save and there is no eighth Doctor story. Um, fifth, sixth, seventh and eighth Doctors will all be big Finish audio productions. Um, so we're going to be talking about big Finish audio productions and in constructing the other thing that I wanted to do that was really important is I wanted to highlight uh, big writers from Doctor Who. So if you think about it, you could kind of figure out who we got to hit. We got to hit David Whitaker. We got to hit Robert Holmes. Uh, we got to hit Russell T. Davies. And we got to hit Stephen Moffat, which we hadn't considered on doing until Scott was like, hey, uh, our 11th Doctor Pick should be Impossible Astronaut Day of the Moon, because we never talked about it on this show. Um, that was not well, an Well, we
0: did. Not together.
1: Yeah. We didn't talk about it together. Yeah. And then we, after that, we recorded something together, and it just didn't go through. <laughs> So we'll be looking at that one again. So we will be starting, uh, next week with impossible astronaut day of the moon, um, which is the two part six season open six series six opener with Matt Smith, et cetera, et cetera. in the silence, the big splashy one written by Stephen Moffat. So that's our Stephen Moffat story. Um, for the Tenth doctor, we're actually going to be looking at Paul Cornell um, because he's a big force in the Doctor Who world. Um, he was kind of like the the standard bearer in the 90s, and he came in and did a couple of you know Davies era stories and he's like you know really important, so we're going to talk about human nature and the family of blood um, and during that, we're actually also going to talk about the Tenth Doctor ebook. Um, which is The Mystery of the Haunted Cottage, um, which I'm looking forward to, even though Scott hates the title, and I'm not super huge on it either. Um, uh, (laughs) In the Ninth Doctor, we will be doing our Dalek story and our Regeneration story. um, with our Russell T. Davies story. And our Russell T. Davies story with Bad Wolf and Parting of the Ways, um, which, hooray! Like, that's really great. I like that. Um, And (laughs) when I realized that we had to do that, I was like, oh, are we going to really burn this? And I'm like, eh. 50th anniversary comes once every 50 years. Ever. Um... <laughs> so then, for the eighth... I job, can
0: promise you guys we will not be still doing this show in another 50 years.
1: I will not be... No, I'll definitely be alive, but we'll... <laughs> we not be doing the show in 50 years. No. No way. No way. Maybe maybe you and I can fire up, the, dust off the cobwebs of our old blue microphones and just... <laughs> get an episode <laughs> going! <laughs> uh. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure the RSS feed will still be intact. <laughs> Knowing the internet. Oh yeah. Um all right. So for the 8th doctor, um we are going to be looking at uh, not a pair of stories, but an ear- but a but two big finished stories. One of which is a one-part episode, just to kind of get us primed up. And the second will be our Cyberman story. Uh, the first is Mary's story, which comes from *The Company of Friends*, written by Jonathan Morris. This is the introduction of Mary Shelley to the Doctor Who universe, where the Doctor ro- lands in. Uh, Mary Shelley's house, um, and the wackiness ensues. And we're using that as a springboard to talk about The Silver Turk, which is an 8th Doctor Mary Shelley adventure, where Mary Shelley is the 8th Doctor's companion. Um, and if that sounds like fun, it really is. This is our... We're we're getting actually two birds with one stone on this. Mary's, Mary's story is written by Jonathan Morris, who's one of the big, big Finnish heavyweights, and The Silver Turk is written by Mark Platt, who is another of... Big finishes, big heavyweights. Um, He's really good at, like, really nostalgic stories, stories that pick up from old pieces and look at them in new and interesting ways. He's also the writer of Ghost Light, which is the seventh Doctor story that I really, really, really love. for The Seventh Doctor, we're doing something a little bit different. Um, we're skipping one story that kind of sets up this character, but we're going to be looking at the other story in this. And this is mostly because I really want Scott to experience these two. Uh, the first is Klein's story, which is a one-episode story about what happened to Dr. Elizabeth Klein. Elizabeth Klein is a Nazi scientist. She worked with the, she worked with the Nazis in World War II. And she, um, and then this is the story of how she landed. in this, she lived in a world where in a world where World War Two, the Nazis won. So she comes from an alternate universe, um, and she gets transported back in time and ends up landing in our universe and living in our universe. Klein's story, written by Jonathan Clements, I think, or John Ainsworth and Lee Mansfield, I don't remember. Um, Klein's story is the story of how she came to be in our world. Um, and then we're going to skip Survival of the Fittest, which is the story of how. Like, Klein is the seventh Doctor's companion in a trilogy of stories. So he picks her up. They do they have an adventure where they get together. Then they do client story, which is a one episode story. And then they do a three episode story, which we're skipping called survival of the fittest. I recommend listening to it. If you have time, but you don't need to, because what's important at the end of survival of the fittest, you will figure out very early in the story. We are actually talking about, which is the architects of history written by Steve Lyons. Um, who's written a bunch of Dr. Who stories. And he's, I, I think he's pretty good. Um, the architects of history is a beautiful story. Um, it is a beautiful, beautiful story about uh. the seventh doctor and Klein and their relationship. Um, and what happens when uh, you give Elizabeth Klein the keys keys of the kingdom? It is fantastic. It is so fantastic. So that's our seventh Doctor story. For- there's
0: that. Uh, there's that. There's that survival of the
1: fittest phrase again. Yeah. Oh well. There you go. Uh, it's not related, is it? <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Not Weird. At all. Um. So those are our seventh Doctor stories. Um. The sixth Doctor. We're going to be doing something very avant-garde, as far as I'm concerned. We are going to be going to the very, very, very early days of Big Finish. Um, And the two Big Finish stories that we're talking about, 7th and 8th, are very recent. Um The Klein Trilogy was just a couple years ago, and the Silver Turk was just two years ago. So, like, it's very, very recent. For the Holy Terror, that's our sixth Doctor story. That goes to the first year of Big Finish, like, really, really early. Like, it was like right in their first or like the beginning of their second year or something. This is a story that stars the sixth doctor and Frobisher who is a penguin. Um, or a shapeshifter who just likes to look like a penguin and he's a bounty hunter PI sort of character. Um, And it's written by Robert Shearman, who I think is one of the really important Doctor Who writers. He wrote Dalek, amongst other things, Um, and he also wrote a couple of great, great big Finnish audios, and he's the writer of Running Through Corridors, which is a great run through Doctor Who from the beginning to now, and I'm still waiting for the next volume, so they should hurry up and do that. Um, This is a story that Scott's never heard, and I'm dying for him to hear it because it is it is it is it is freaky, like it is it is horrific, um, and it is wonderful, um, and everyone should listen to it. So that's the Holy Terror <clears throat> for the Fifth Doctor. Uh, we're going to be talking about Nick Briggs, actually, who's the executive producer of Big Finish. Um, he did a story with the fifth doctor, Nissa called Creatures of Beauty, um, which is, which came out 10 years ago. And I like it because it's structured really interestingly. Um, it's, a, it's told all out of order and it's about like the effect that the doctor has on this world. Um, and it's really, really, really wonderful. And one of the things like it was between this and another story, but we already had a Steve Lyons story. So, uh, let's just do Creatures of Beauty. So it'll be fun. Mm-hmm. So once we're out and of Liz Big Briggs,
0: finish, also, also the voice of the Daleks.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, that's who Nick Bryant is. Yeah. He's yeah. he's that. And he's like he's really important. Like in terms of like yeah. overall, oh, yeah. like he's the guy who's overseeing Big Finish and has for years and he's the guy who's writing um, The Light at the End, which just came out from Big Finish. So he's really important. Um fourth doctor we're going to be looking at The Seeds of Doom, um, which is a fourth doctor story uh, from Hinchcliffe Holmes. Um this is a very 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 famous Doctor Who story. Um uh, the one with the plants, if you must remember it. Um, it's written by, um, oh my God, I forgot his name. But um, uh, uh, the guy who did, Robert Stewart Banks. It's written by Robert Stewart Banks and directed by Douglas Camfield. Um, this is the story with the plants. More than that, I will not say. This is a story that if you haven't seen this, you need to. It is a lot of fun and it is crazy. It's nuts and it's really, really wonderful. Um for the third Doctor, we're going to be looking at Robert Holmes, finally, um, Spearhead from Space, which is the story that put him on the map in terms of Doctor Who. This is the first John Pertwee story. It's the one with the Autons, um, and it's Robert Holmes. So,
0: And it's on Blu-ray. And it's on Blu-ray,
1: so <laughs> we're looking for an excuse to, to, to watch that. Um, and then for the second Doctor, I mean, this is, I think, of all the ones we're doing, this is the most special, just because, thank God, uh, we're going to do something different. But, well, they found Enemy of the World. So we're going to watch Enemy of the World, um, which is yeah. a, a David Whitaker story. That's the one where Troughton plays not only the doctor, but the bad guy, um, written by David Whitaker and directed by Barry Letts, of all people. Um, so, you know, we have it. We're watching it. Let's watch the whole thing. I've not seen it all in its entirety. So it'll be watching it like for the first time. And I can't wait. Um, and then finally, the first doctor will be an unearthly child. And that'll wrap us all up. And it's a lot to do. But I'm not, I'm excited for any one of these. I can't tell you what I am least excited for. Like, I couldn't begin to explain to you which one I'm least excited for because all of them are great. Um, Yeah. It'll be awesome. So. I'm, I'm pumped. I'm so pumped. Like, I want to go watch, I want to go start, I want to go watch all of these right now. Like, right now. Um, Yeah.
0: It's also going to be great because it's going to make the time uh, of waiting for for the day of the doctor, like, that much shorter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just, uh, the next month is going to fly by because of all of this. Yeah.
1: 11 stories. It'll be a lot of just crazy. Um, (laughs) Also, unless I'm very much mistaken, um, An Adventure in Space and Time, if it comes out, time permitting, probably with an unearthly child because it would probably fit really well there. So um, if we're going to talk about it, I think we should probably talk about it there. Hopefully it doesn't come out too late for us to be able to do that. But that's yeah. where i'm looking for it to go that would be phenomenal that'd be so good um yeah so yeah that's what we're doing impossible astronaut day of the moon human nature family blood bad wolf parting the ways big finish make mary's story in the silver turk uh client story in architects of history uh the holy terror creatures of beauty seeds of doom S- spearhead from space enemy of the world and an unearthly child Whew, so much but so good
0: oh, yeah. it's gonna be nuts oh yeah um, and then uh, and then, just a couple of days after an unearthly child, we'll hit the day of the doctor and the light at the end. Which the day of the doctor, of course, the uh, official fiftieth anniversary special. The light at the end, the big finish fiftieth anniversary special. Yes. Um, so that'll be a, a like a, just a huge fiftieth anniversary celebration. Heck yeah. Um, and then back to our regularly scheduled programming. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. So yeah,
1: I uh, I'm excited. I'm so excited. This is good. Yeah just just talking about those stories that we're doing. I was like, oh, I'm all energized. Look at me. Look at me. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. All right.
0: That's that. That's it. We're done here. (laughs) Uh, We're gonna we'll we'll we'll, we'll talk to you next week with uh, Matt Smith and uh, the Impossible Astronaut, Day of the Moon. Bye. Bye, guys.